right, everyone, welcome to the Higher Points Podcast. We're coming at you with a full release today. It's going to be a kind of like the first one that we did where we said where it all started. So to give just a little bit of a background um, from the where it all started, Nate and I were talking in the gym about the podcast and like how we'd always wanted to do one. And I was like, oh, me too. One of the things that Nate wanted to get on and talk about was some of the things that he's been through in his you know, I mean, you're not like an old man or anything, but you feel got, like an old man. <laughs> you've got some uh, interesting experiences that you wanted to share. But before we get into it, I kind of wanted to ask you, um, because you're going to be talking about, you know, basically kind of a relationship that went bad and then what happened through that. So before we start in on that, like, what is your goal? Like, what what are you wanting to accomplish with this? Like, what's your mind's eye of why you wanted why you're wanting to do this? I don't know. I just want people to see what I went through and I want them to have their eyes opened up and say, Hey, this relationship I'm in is not good. You know, like I've gained weight. I'm depressed. Is it because of some, something external or is it because of the relationship I'm in and can it be fixed? Can it not be fixed? You know, I just want them to be aware of the situation they're in and not have to go through it. In the way I did, I want them to see see it happening in the process and try and fix it. Like me, it was too far gone by the time we tried to fix things. So, and also, I think <clears throat> if you are in this type of a relationship, or you're at the tail end or post that relationship, and you are feeling these things, you know, you're kind of a testament to the fact that. Just because I'm here and I'm feeling this way or I'm looking this way or I'm acting this way doesn't mean I have to stay in that trend. Like yeah. I, I don't have to stay in that valley. I can I can climb the mountain and work my way to a peak. I mean, when it comes down to it, it's what you are going to do yourself. You know, you have no control of what your significant other is going to do in that relationship. You know, all you can do is make yourself better. Yeah. Whether that be a better partner, um, lose weight. Quit drinking, quit smoking, whatever it may be. All you can do is just be a better you. Yeah, I often tell my kiddos that you know uh, that my I'm not your mom's puppeteer. I can't just go in and you know I'm not going to be like me, man. You do what I say. You know I'm not your mom's puppeteer. Ultimately, at the end of the day, I do not control her actions yep. or anyone else's actions for that matter. The only one actions I can, like I even tell them I can't control your actions as the kids. You can go out and do stuff. That's stupid. Now you're going to have consequences, but ultimately I can't control you. So. Yeah. And this isn't me getting on here trying to bash my ex by any means and not going to drop any names, you know. Um, I mean, we had good times. We had great times. We had bad times. So I'm just going to talk about it from the beginning to end to post to now. So it's just going to get the full story. Yeah. So uh, let's start in with that. Did I mean, how did you guys meet? Like, where did it start? So we uh, we went to high school together. You know, we chatted a little bit, not anything. She had a long-time boyfriend in high school. I had a girlfriend in high school, so we just, I mean, we were kind of friends, kind of not. Um, I ended up going to Sterling College, playing football. Um, and I would come back to town and party with my buddy Kate and Jake here in Hutch. And she went to Hutch Juco, too, and we'd party, and we kind of hit it off and started chatting, asked her to be my girlfriend, this and that, you know. Um we started dating, uh, I think my sophomore year of college, something like that. 
towards the end of my sophomore year. Um, I'm assuming there at the beginning it was all, you know, honeymoon stage, everything's good, going great kind of thing. A little bit. <laughs> you don't seem so convinced of that in your, well, body, in your body language right now. It, or, it is was, it, or is it a hindsight 2020 thing? Well, a little bit of a hindsight, <clears throat> but it was like there was something that happened right at the start. It was like right before we hadn't even had sex yet. Like we weren't technically considered dating, but like we had been on three or four four dates, you know, um, and I get a message on Facebook one day from this dude in Wichita. I was like, uh, what's this about? Telling me that she'd been over there fucking him the night before and this and that, and then going on dates with me and everything. And like, I confronted her about it and it was true. So she was fucking around with this guy while we were getting serious dating and this and that. And so that was kind of a tough thing for me to get over. To start, um, it just, I don't know, just rubbed me wrong from the start a little bit. You know, I got over that. It it wasn't something I got over overnight, but eventually I got past that, you know, like. Were you kind of hopeful in the fact that she'd, she'd owned it versus she, she trying, owned to, it for, for and, trying to lie about it? And she chose, I mean, she chose me. Okay. Like, she shut that dude out of her life and she straight up told me she was just, it was just about sex. That was it. It's like, Okay whatever. Like. But I think that's actually kind of a common thing too, from what I'm the, the, the college students and stuff that I talk to is you might have somebody you're quote unquote talking to, but then you kind of have a side piece. That's like a friends with benefits kind of thing. That seems in our societal to be a norm fucking time. And yeah. it is a bad deal. Yeah. Me and my sister actually had this conversation the other day and she might get pissed at me for saying this, but <laughs> <laughs> she was like, yeah, like when I get sad and depressed, you know, I just talk to like four or five guys at once. And I was like, she's like, yeah, it's just cause I got fucked up in the head from my last boyfriend. I'm like, Lauren, you choose who you want to fucking be. Yeah, <laughs> That's true. what I told her. And I was like, you know, I understand I've been in that same spot and you just, I don't know, just choose your own path. So super segue. Did she tell you I gave her crap the other day? Mm, I don't know. She don't was, so. she was parked in front of your house facing the wrong way <laughs> she was parked like in front of the house facing south yeah. and I, I messaged her on instagram and i'm like ma'am you're illegally parked i'm gonna need you to move your vehicle she actually she didn't say anything about that yeah so i was just giving her crap uh so anyway um so so you start in with a relationship kind of rocky in the beginning of but you being who you are were like hey let's give this a shot and you know i'm want to move on with this and she owned it and then where from there um, so we dated for a couple of years. Um, she graduated from HCC. She wasn't sure what she was going to do. Um, I was like, Hey, come to Sterling college, come be a cheerleader. Cause she was a cheerleader in high school. Didn't cheer at HCC, but she kind of still wanted to. She said she did at the time. Towards the end, she said, you made that decision for me. So, <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, but she uh, um, ended up coming to Sterling College, cheered for like a year, and then didn't cheer her second year. Graduated after we'd broke up, but we, uh, I think it was, would have been after my junior year that summer, we went to Florida and went to Clearwater Beach, and I proposed on the beach in Florida. Um, it was a hell of a time. It was, we had a, uh, Vinny and his girlfriend at the time were there and we were 
we went bar hopping and all this stuff. It was, I mean, it was a good memory. Um, we actually ended up getting married later on in the same spot on that beach. Um, we ended up, well, let's back up a little bit, I guess. Well, you were talking about before we broke up, was there a time where you guys were broken up for a little bit prior to the proposal? Uh, no, 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 no. Oh, okay. That was like, at the she graduated after, like, we split up. Oh, so oh like, okay. Uh, I'm with you now. In 2020 is when okay. she graduated. I thought you meant like, you know, you guys were boyfriend, girlfriend, and you broke up for a little bit. Like, there was like a break there in the relationship, and then... No, there was times where we would split up, I guess, and she would go stay at her... She moved in with me. We moved into the house I'm in now. It would have been like, right around the end of my senior year of football, so... 27 November 2017 ish is when we moved into that house. Um, and it wasn't bad. And, you know, like we were learning to live with each other. And I mean, we, obviously we had fights. Everybody has fights when they move in with somebody. Um, she had a yippee ass chihuahua that I didn't really care for. <laughs> um, we had, so we moved into the house then. Um, and, I don't know, there was just always this feeling in my gut that something wasn't quite right. Um, towards the end of our, our marriage, you know, like we had a conversation and she told me <coughs> that, like, it was, like, my personality and me pushing her to go to Sterling, to not chase her dreams and go to Wichita State. She wanted to be a teacher. I was like, Sterling's got a great teaching department, this and that. Um, you know, I might have been a little pushy. I don't know. Looking back, I, I, I don't think I was super pushy, but, I mean, obviously I'm a little biased towards Sterling College because that's, I mean, I love Sterling College. Yeah. Um, but Well, plus, you know, you were wanting you were wanting a relationship with her and the proximity is, you know, part of that as well, I assume. Yeah. Yeah. She wanted to move to Wichita in an apartment and stay there and I was like, We've been dating for two years. Why not move in together? So did you notice kind of any type of a shift or like can you can you tie it to a specific incidence where you kind of started to see it go downhill or was it just like a slow chipping away kind of effect? It was a slow chipping away until uh, we started the hemp business and then it went downhill in a hurry. Okay, so... <laughs> So she, she's, you guys are moving in, you're kind of arguing about stuff. I mean, was it, I, I, I kind of want to uh, go a little bit deeper into that because okay. when, when it's easy to kind of just gloss over, you know, we argued. So I, I guess, uh, what I'm asking is a kind of what were they about and how did you handle them? And, um, was it like a recurring, like, you know, for me and my wife, like sometimes we'll bring up things like old mud and stuff and, and I'll talk more about that here in a little bit, but just kind of delve a little bit more into that if you're comfortable with it. Yeah, I mean, so there was, you know, what happened in the beginning with that other guy. Like, I never, 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 never brought that up. Not one time. Um, one thing that we did fight about, which it was about a year into us living together, was um, me watching porn. And that well, that has a lot to do with the marriage issues that we had. You know, um she, I mean, she looked at it as cheating, you know, and she has every right to look at it the, 
However, she she has the right to her opinion on that, you know. I didn't see it as cheating. And we had this big fight about it. And this was towards the end, I guess. And I brought up from the very beginning that situation with the other guy. I was like, in my eyes, that was cheating. Pornography is not cheating. And we went on and on and on. And I felt like once she figured out that I that I watched pornography, that it was that was the what began the snowfall really. Um Did you have the whole like I don't like you leaving your toothbrush on the right side of the sink kind of stuff, like nitpicky stuff like that or I mean she would get on me about certain things, you know, but it was never I don't know. I wasn't great about being clean. She wasn't great about being clean. And that was, I think, a little bit of tension between us because, like, I wouldn't necessarily get the dishes done when I was supposed to. Or, like, I did a lot of cooking. I don't like to cook as much anymore because, like, I would get off work and cook. Yep, right. Um, Other things we fought about, you know, like, there were certain times, like, right after college, I didn't have a job for, like, three months, you know. So she was the support of the house. Um then there was another point where she didn't have a job and where I was working 60, 75, 80 hour a week sometimes at Busy Bee, you know, and I would still come home and cook and stuff. And it, it pissed me off. And I would like, we fought about that. Um, so through this process of you guys kind of moving in and now we're, you're starting to kind of argue and stuff, which I'm sure it wasn't. 24 7 365 arguing i mean there are still good moments yeah so um yeah i think that's also maybe important a little bit to focus on in your story as well would be some of the the really good things the good memories but also um you know did you start to feel like your mental decline through that like did you start to kind of feel it through that moving in and in the arguments and stuff or was it later on see i think part of my mental decline was like football was done And Mm. I didn't have anything. Which your identity was in the football. Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't go lift weights afterwards, none of this. So I wasn't doing anything physical except for work. And I was drinking. I would say you were doing the bicep curl with the beer. Yeah, 12-ounce curls. Yeah. Those are real healthy. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think that kind of started my mental decline. You know, things weren't exactly, like, perfect. You know, like, she expected, like, a perfect marriage, you know? She wanted what her parents had. A lot of people get into marriages for happiness, and that's not what you get into a marriage no, for. No, it's, it's partnership. I, I mean, it's, it's much more complex than that. Yeah. It's, and and also, not to get on my too high on my soapbox here, but it's also not what Scripture says about marriage either. You don't get into it for... It's not... I mean, happiness is like a byproduct. It's not the reason. And I feel like we both jumped into it for that reason, yeah. you know? Like, like well this is what I want at this certain time, you know? And like, I don't know. I had this like image in my head when I was in college, like having kids a couple years afterwards, this and that. And yeah, well, that didn't happen. She wanted to graduate before we started having kids, you know, and then I didn't have a job Then she didn't have a job. And I mean, life happened, you know, yeah, right. Like what, what are some of the, like, you know, you talk about some of the things you fought with him. You, you know, you also spoke really fondly of, the proposal and how that was a really great memory. What are some other really great memories that you had? Like some things that you, that stick out in your mind? Um, you know, like the, I mean, the wedding was a blast in the reception. Um, we went, so it was, I had, my groomsmen were Nelson, Vinny, Cade, Duncan. It was those four. And then I don't remember all hers. Well, we went down, 
Have I met Duncan? Yeah, he's the accountant. Maybe. No, I've not met Duncan. But anyway, good. Well, we went down and uh, went. It, we got married on Clearwater, and so there was probably fifty people that came down for the wedding and stuff. And my family, her family, everything. You know, it was it was a good time. We all stayed in the same hotel, right on the beach. Had my bachelor party down there the night before the wedding, which was a bad idea. Never do that again. Hundred percent being hung over for a wedding would not, not recommend. <laughs> and it, this was like. The most hungover I have ever been in my life. Uh, I was, it was bad. We went bar hopping and yeah, went to a cigar bar <laughs> and tried to fight one of the bartenders. I did, which I don't ever fight. Um, but like one of my other buddies was super drunk and he was spitting in the ashtray at the cigar bar and he, he, uh, the bartender came up and said something and I, I don't remember this. This has come from other people, but. Um, I, I think I might've told him to fuck off. We're paying customers or something like that. And he got pissy and I got pissy. And then I could see you doing that. <laughs> <laughs> I think Kate escorted me out of there and then I was running around town and we were almost back to the hotel and there's these little like parking lights outside the parking garage right there by the hotel. I grabbed the light part and just pick it up and then here, whoop, whoop. <laughs> there's a cop driving and luckily Cade was sober enough and he was able to talk him down like our hotel's just right here we're gonna just take him and put him to bed it's all I good could definitely see Cade doing that part of it as well the good old boy and seeing yeah. the little bit that i've seen of him apparently i was yelling at random people on the street like ask him if they had any weed and this and that <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness yeah i was out of control okay so the 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 Bachelor party, maybe not so much, but the wedding was good. What about, you know, those intermediary times beforehand, like before the wedding and stuff? Like what were some things that you can pick out of your brain that, you know, were good things? I guess this is after the wedding. And I mean, we went on a honeymoon and we went like up the East Coast. We went to St. Augustine and Savannah and Myrtle Beach, just uh, road tripped up the East Coast. That's cool. That was a lot of fun. Um, We went... Uh, to Branson a couple times. Um, we went to Lake of the Ozarks and stayed with some of my family out there. I mean, we, we, we liked the vacation, and so we went on little trips here and there a lot and camping. Which and, at that point, it's a good thing that you didn't have the kids that you were looking for because yeah. that makes that significantly more difficult. difficult, more difficult, and not as much fun Yeah, from experience. Yeah, we liked to, we went to drive-in the movie theaters a lot. Um, went to the Royals game. That was a lot of fun. That was when we were still in college. Went up, took a day trip up, and just went and watched the Royals. Actually, we stayed up there, I think, at night. So did did you get, and I'm assuming at this time you guys are hanging out with, like, Vinny and Nelson and stuff in that meantime. Did, did they get along? Like, did Nelson and Vinny and them get along? <laughs> Nelson and her got along good. Um, Vinny and her did not. Vinny... <laughs> I think I'm pretty sure they told them each other to fuck off a couple times. Vinny's got just got that personality. If he yeah. doesn't get along with someone, he's going to tell them to fuck off. And she was a little bit the same way with him. Um, she got along with most of my friends pretty well. Uh, there were certain ones she didn't really care for, mostly because I think she thought they were bad influences on me. Um, who else? She she had really one friend. She and Duncan's wife got along good, um, but she didn't have a lot of other friends. She had a 
pretty close group of friends in high school, and they just all kind of grew apart. And is that why you think she maybe focused on you a little more? Of, I think so. I mean, she's had so much time with you, and now it's easy to focus your efforts and your expectations on your significant other. And I, I mean, I've got a lot of friends, yeah. and I think that was tough for her because, I mean, I tried to spend my time with absolutely everybody, which can be kind of a downfall for me, I guess, you know, trying to spread myself out a little too yeah, thin. You're, you're definitely what I would kind of term a little bit as more extrovert when it comes to the people that you know and the people that you hang around with. Like I don't, you obviously don't go running around like screaming at the top of your lungs, evidently unless you're drunk. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean like for me, I just have a really small group of friends and I don't really care to know a whole lot of people or hang out with a lot of people. And that's just a personal preference of mine. Like I keep yeah. that kind of small. I, I mean, I do enjoy spending time with people, but then like there's a time where my battery runs out and I'm like, I'm done. <laughs> yeah. Yep. You guys can just get away from me. <laughs> So uh, you get married and you do the honeymoon and everything. You come back and then, you know, you, you've kind of always, have you always kind of had the drive for the entrepreneurial ventures? Like, is that kind of something that's always been in your mind or did CBD kind of spark that for you where you thought, I think we could do this? You know, I always wanted to be a conventional farmer. And so you've got to have a certain amount of creativity and entrepreneurial spirit to be a farmer in today's market. You know, you can't just grow wheat. Yep. And survive, you know, I call wheat poverty grass. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, I always had a little bit of that drive, but it wasn't until I saw the opportunity in the hip market. You know, I saw how it took off in Colorado and other states. I saw it was going to be legalized here and that it would be a good opportunity for us to get in on the ground floor of it. Pilot program for the hemp industry in Kansas started in 2019. And this was one of the biggest downfalls we had so we started a company it was called five buds hemp because there was five partners and you were part of this pilot program it the pilot program is the state's deal and there was 120 some this is the first year growing okay gotcha they, they called it a pilot program 10 we had five partners um me and my ex-wife my ex-in-laws um my parents uh, some of my parents' friends, and then my sister's ex-boyfriend's family. So there's five of us. And from the very beginning... So you're talking... When you say five of us, you're talking like five, basically... Couples. Groups of people, essentially. So there yes. was actually more than just five ten. persons. Or five companies or anything. It was There were more people. There was ten people, essentially, okay. that were gotcha. going to be making these uh, decisions. Okay. Which is... There was no president you could say or whatever um basically high point family farms had two-fifths share of it because that was me and my parents and so we somewhat had a majority unless people decided to start lobbying for their votes or whatever you want to call it from the very beginning i told my parents actually so we'll rewind a little bit. We were looking at numbers at the time. Like we could have made like $700,000 an acre or more. Actually, it was like anywhere from 700000 to like almost $10 million we could have made in this first year at the, cur- shit, at the a, current market prices they were at. That's a, that's quite a large gap there. I, what, and, what, what factored into that? 
It was why, well, why? not not ten million an acre, ten million total. So, oh, so like okay. a mil- seven hundred thousand to like a million. I would say that would make me raise an eyebrow. It oh, was, but okay, that makes more sense. I looked, you know, I did the research and the math multiple, multiple times, and we like it. it we could have made it happen. We ended up putting about twenty thousand dollars a group into this. Um, so we were about a hundred thousand dollars in the hole ish. Maybe it might have been more like a hundred twenty as a group. Um, and I mean, it, it was life changing money. And I told my, and it was originally, it was going to be me and my parents working with another group. That other group got a lawyer involved. They said, what are these people bringing to the table? These other people said, um, I don't know. Let's bring them in and ask him. So in our mind, we were already a 60, 40 split with these people. And then we go up there and they're not telling us what we bring. Like, Apparently, we don't bring anything to the table, according to them. And they were asking us to take a lower cut, and we're like, we're done. So, and they actually told us we couldn't work with these other families and help them out, which I was like, you know, these are my soon-to-be in-laws. Like, why would we not include them in this life-changing money we're going to make? They told us we couldn't. We ended up leaving one group to join this other group. Um, so you all put in the 20000 basically each yeah and did you have anything in writing to govern oh we had um a contract written up okay saying like things go south yada yada similar to like what we've got you know okay um that didn't get signed by all the parties um but it wasn't like we had cash sitting there you know it was all in assets and so we ended up towards the end we split everything five ways basically and um I don't know what they did with their stuff. I'm assuming they used it for their gardens or whatnot. Um, but I went to my in-laws. I was like, hey, these are the numbers. Check this out. Let's all get rich together, basically. And I was like, there's one thing that scares the shit out of me. And it is this family, not not my ex-in-laws, but the my parents' friends. And I said, they're having marriage issues. And I'm terrified that these marriage issues are going to come between the group and fuck everything up. It's affect the company overall. That's exactly what fucking happened. Those two had marriage issues. They were talking to my parents about it. You know, they talked to me about it. I said, hey, look out. Shit's happening. I told my in-laws. And then they went to the other family and said something about it. And so then there was disdain and my parents' friends were pissed at them because they had said stuff about this. Yeah, right. And so everything just unraveled in a hurry, you know. And then my dad's best friend started spending all of his fucking time down there. This other place trying to get their their votes on things. And, you know, we had a, a contract lined up with this company and... Colorado probably wouldn't have worked out in the end anyways, but it was our best chance and they didn't think it was enough money. Like for processing your hemp? Yeah. Okay. Well, what we the market fucking crashed. Went to nothing basically. It went from I don't know, like ten thousand dollars kilo to like three hundred dollars kilo. Well well was that because of you had a lot of supply and not a lot of demand? Yeah, it was because like Oregon grew <clears throat> like record number of acres, you know, and they had a bunch and I mean, it was the whole country grew a right. bunch. Yeah. So the market crashed. 
they looked at these numbers. They're like, well, these aren't the numbers you guys talked about in the beginning. They're like, we're not going to take that. So we didn't go with that contract. And then we were scrambling trying to find one, and we didn't end up finding one. We Well, I guess we found one, took it out there. Our shit ends up in limbo. Well, did uh, so did that second contract end up being like worse or better? Or? Yeah, because they lost four hundred pounds of our stuff. And well, I mean, as far as like initially before all the other stuff came to fruition of it being in limbo, because you were scrambling, did you end up having to take a worse deal than yes. if you'd have just taken the first one? Mm-hmm. So you'd have been better off just taking the first one. The issue with the first one was there was only two parties out of the five out there at that facility. And it was my parents and their friends. Okay. And they ended up saying, hey, let's take this back to the group, this and that. Um, you know, there was a lot of issues with not having a leader. You know, my dad tried to step up and be that leader, and that I mean, caused issues because my ex-mother-in-law, is she likes to have control, and that caused issues there. And, like, my dad was like, you know, we brought this to the table, like – why can't, like, we're in charge, essentially, you know, me and my dad both, and, you know, like, we're, me and my dad are not innocent in this deal, you know, like, there was times where I was a fucking asshole to some of those other partners, because they were being assholes, you know, and we just didn't sit down and talk about it and figure our issues out, and we, it, I don't know, it just went downhill in a hurry. I couldn't even go home, so this... Leading back to the marriage issues. Yeah, right. I was just to say, how did all this translate into your relationship? Me and Bailey had been married. Me and her had been married for roughly six months when we got into this. So we're pretty new into our marriage. Um, and so we're still trying to figure out, like, finances, getting things together, how to talk about finances, communicate this kind of stuff, you know, and... Then we've got her parents coming to her and saying, hey, they're doing this. And my parents coming to me saying, hey, they're doing this. Yeah. Playing, and the, so we playing end up, the ends against the middle. Yeah. And so then we end up like she ends up taking her parents' side. I take my parents' side. Right. Yeah. Um, You know, like this was my baby from the beginning. <laughs> like I brought this to everybody. I couldn't even have a conversation about hemp in my house without me and her yelling at each other. And, like, I I had done my research. I had, I don't know, we were the ones that were doing all the footwork on buyers and this and that. And it just, that was a big, big, honestly, like, if, I would guess if we hadn't gone into business with everybody like that, probably still be married. It, I don't know, it, it took its toll on us. And that's just a, like, looking back. I should have, we should have communicated better with each other in the house about our feelings about this and not what our parents' feelings were, you know. Yeah, but I think it's it's easy and natural to do that because you spent, you know, the better part of 18 to 20 years growing up with your family. And I would hope that they've treated you well enough that you kind of trust them and love yeah. them enough that you kind of want to take their side. That's natural. But that's another thing of... uh <clears throat> without getting too much on the the soapbox of but it just in my beliefs you know another thing that that scripture says about that is like you know a husband will leave his family or a man will leave his family and start his own yeah. 
And I can't tell you how many times that I have, you know, basically kind of been, I shouldn't say forced to choose because my parents have never really put me in a position like that, but you know, of things like where my parents had expectations of how my marriage should be going. And it's, it's not, that's not a checkbox thing, right? Like the way I handle my marriage isn't going to be the same way that you would handle yours or anyone else. And I, and I encourage people that it's not just a checkbox thing. You know, it's what works for you. And it also says that the woman will cleave to her husband. So people need to come into that with the right mindset of, you know, that's why I'm getting into this marriage. And this is what the expectation is of like, we're here together with us. Like that doesn't mean you leave your family behind and like F them. And if they're sick, I'm not going to help them. Or if they go to the hospital, that's not what I'm getting at. But then, you know, you see how you're, you're basically talking about that wedge being driven because, you know, you, you weren't starting your own family and she wasn't cleaving to you kind of thing. It's our lack of communication in our marriage, you know, and it's a trial and an error in that situation on how you and your partner are going to communicate, you know. It's the issue with us is like we had to grow up in a hurry and figure it out, you know, and we didn't. And that. And how old are you at this time when you, when you started all this? Twenty-two. So you're basically fresh out of college, both of you, fresh out of college. She's still in college. Okay. And just married. And you're making life-altering like business decisions um, with certain expectations. Yep. So there was a lot of pressure, you know, like, and nobody could have foreseen that the market was going to crash like that. Of course. You know, but it did. It happened, you know. As Jocko would say, tuition payments. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we learned our lesson. Yeah. Um, so it continues to, I'm assuming, devolve because she's picked a side, you've picked a side, and it's kind of like a, a trench warfare in World War One. of it's just that back and forth push. And Yeah, there was, there was one time we got into it really bad, and it was about hemp. And I stood up and pointed at her and yelled. And she said from that moment on, she thought, she, she thought I was going to hit her. I never once laid my hands on her. Never once. Never. I I headbutted a wall once or twice or punched a door, but never once have I even come close to laying hands on a woman. So I'm assuming that made it back to her parents? That yes. she was scared of that and then that probably didn't help matters any? Nope. Um, and I don't know. It was just things like that. It just compiled and compiled you know i don't think at this point she had figured out that i watched porn i actually came clean to her about it i think that's how she figured it out and tried to say hey i need help with this like i need it out of my life and i just was on a bad path with it and i mean it's still something i struggle with every day you know it's not i don't think it's something i think most men struggle with it if not all men you know, because it's oh, just, so easily and readily accessible. It is. And it's, I mean, it's just right there. Even social media, you know, you <laughs> get on there and just like, oh, there's an ass. That's a nice ass. <laughs> well, it's just put in front of your face. And, and those companies realize that. I mean, when you talk about, you know, the, the, the forebrain, you know, it tells, uh, or the forebrain or the midbrain, I can't remember which, but, you know, fight, flight, feed, fuck. Yep. You know, that's the only thing it knows how to do. And they know that the, that instinct to want to fornicate is, very strong and very hard to suppress. I mean, it doesn't matter if you're male or female, so they try to sell it to you, and they yeah. know it. Yep, and I mean, it's 
It's a tough habit to break. Yeah. I tried. Couldn't do it. Um, she saw it as cheating, you know. And I mean, I would say that was basically the end is when I, like, she moved out for like a week after I talked to her about that, you know. And like, I was in a tough spot. I was coming clean to her, you know, and then yeah, she Yeah, so she you were left. reaching out for help and she abandoned ship. Yeah. And anytime things would get hard, she would go to her parents. She didn't like to have tough conversations. That's why I'm pretty... That's part of the reason I like to push people to have tough conversations because I've seen it implode a situation multiple times. But um, she would just shut down and leave, you know. And I was always... I've always been the one to like try and talk things out like... Never go to bed pissed off. Um, there is a certain time when you do have to, you know, like sleep on the couch and talk about it in the morning, let things cool down. But, I mean, I slept in our spare bedroom for like a month during this time. And you know, she just, she didn't want to touch me. Just, and I think that was part of my mental issues and feeling like I wasn't, wasn't good enough, wasn't going to be good enough. And... I, I mean, I still struggle with that a little bit. It's not something you just get over overnight. Is it something that when you say you struggle with it, is it a little bit of the health, healthy self-loathing of you keep holding yourself accountable? Or is it struggling with it in the sense of like it, you're not making any progress with it? Um, A little bit of both. You know, like there's some day, like I'll go a couple, three, four weeks without doing it. But then there's sometimes it's like it's just there all the time and. I don't know, it's it's a tough cycle to break, and I know how unhealthy it is in a marriage. And I mean, just as a person, you know, because it's just, it tears down your confidence. Well, I can tell you that's that's definitely one thing that <clears throat> I struggle with pretty regularly would be, you know, am I being a good enough husband to my wife and a good enough father to my children? I mean, that's something that I think is natural uh, to struggle with, because I think if, if you aren't struggling with those things, then you're probably not focused on them. You don't care. Yeah. And you're probably not the best man that you could be. Uh, my guess would be you're probably, you know, a poor excuse for a man would be yeah. my, if you're, if you're not truly worried about those things, but I, just like anything else, it can come, come to an unhealthy level. Yeah. And, and she got the feeling that I didn't care about our marriage anymore. And would that be accurate? No. Okay. You know, like I was in a, bad spot you know i was fat drinking watching porn fighting with her all the time you know depressed all of the above you know business isn't going well yeah it was it was tough and so it's kind of hard to find anything positive to focus on yeah yeah and you know i'm you know me i'm not a guy that gives up i i don't know i still struggle and feel like I could have fixed it because I've always been able to fix fucking anything. <laughs> I, I don't know. And I just, it's the one thing in my life I couldn't fix. Do you hold on to some, uh, I guess like, I don't know what the word I'm looking for. Do you hold on to some like bad feelings about that? Like, like, uh, I, I could have done better or this is all my fault or anything like that. Yeah. Yeah. I do. And, you know, there's been times I've wanted to reach out and apologize and just, but I, I just know that would be for the worst. It would open up old wounds for her and 
probably one's for me and just not something I need to revisit. So I know that. You could do it right here, right now. <laughs> just saying. Yeah. I mean, you do you, but, um, I mean, if it's, it's, it's like you talk about those hard conversations, that is one of those ones that you're talking about. Yeah. Um, and it wouldn't necessarily be fun or whatever, but, uh, you know, that's bad news. Bad news doesn't get better with age. That's a, from me to her. No, yeah, I know. I'm, I'm saying you could, I'm not saying that you shall or you should. Yeah. And like, I'm still going to have to be. I've, I'm cordial, I guess. I, I've only seen her a few times since we got divorced, but like her and um, Duncan's wife are still friends, you know. Duncan and her have a kid together, and like I saw him, her his one year birthday's coming up. I'm sure I'm probably. When you say Duncan and her, Duncan and his wife, or yeah, Duncan, Duncan, and, Duncan and his wife. Oh, okay, okay. I was like, what? <laughs> Sorry, I'm trying. I'm trying not to drop any names. Yeah, yeah, right. Um, Duncan and his wife have a kid now. And I saw her at the gender reveal. I'm sure I'm going to see her at um, his first birthday yeah. here in a few months. I think in April. So, you know, it's one of those things where I'm going to have to be get along with her. Because I plan on being part of um, their kid's life, you know. Duncan wants me to take him fishing out of my pond and stuff. So, I mean, it's one of those things like... Eventually, I think that conversation is going to happen, but I'm, I don't think I'm ready for it yet. No. I mean, I think it's good that you're at least thinking about it and realizing that it's something that does need to happen versus a lot of people like to just act like everything's fine, everything's great, or they hold on to so much resentment that they can't. The thing that I think that I've respected the most about this conversation with you is the fact that you're willing to say, you know, you're not in here saying, well, she did this, she did that, she did this, she did that. I mean, while there are some points like that, you're like, I, I too was doing things that were not adequate. And you know, I, I mean, was not being the best husband I could have been. I know I'm a, I'm fucking stubborn, you know, like I get set on something, I'm going to do it my way, you You've know. You've always been really workable with me, so I've never seen well, that side yet. I don't know, like <laughs> when it comes to like the business stuff, me and my dad butt heads all the time because we both want to do it our way, Yeah, you know, but we're also the same person. <laughs> <laughs> so there, I mean, and that was another reason like with the business, why things went south. Cause me and my dad both like to be the alphas and we both thought we needed it. And we agreed on most things the way we needed to do it. And people felt, I, I would say they probably felt intimidated by the way we tried to run things and that, they felt like we had a leg up and well i think rather than just being i think control would be the wrong word just knowing you guys for the little bit that i've known you and and who knows how much you've changed since and the, how this process has changed you but from what i see now i see while a lot of people to the untrained eye may see control i see like driven would be the word that i would put to it yeah. if it were me yeah and and that's with your whole family not just your dad when we first started this deal, my grandpa knew of a situation where my dad's friend um, had gone into business with someone he knew, and my grandpa's friend got burned, and so he warned my dad. He's like, hey, watch your buddy. He's tough to do business with, and he was. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, it's one of those things, like, I... I'm really against doing 
business with friends when it comes to that kind of thing, you know, when there's that many decisions to be made. Um, Tuition payment taught you that lesson. It really did. You know, and that's part of the reason I'm a little bit hesitant on like doing the gym stuff is because I've been burnt in the past, but I think I've spent enough, I've spent enough time with the four of us to know that we're not going to have any issues, you know. And we may, but we'll be able to. We can talk it out. To be able to have a conversation. And that's not to say that, but I mean. And we're also not going into this together to get rich. Yeah. That's not what it's about. Well, like. Whereas the first time around, it was to get rich, you know. And that's, I mean, yeah, we're going to make some money with the CBD store and stuff. We haven't yet, but like. I've got big goals for it. <laughs> well, it's like the, for me, to me, that hip sled that I took there, it's like you and I, we've talked about like investments and things like that. Like to me, that hip sled that's there, like that's not mine anymore. To In my brain, I have sectioned it off that it's not mine anymore. It's yours. It's like, it's at your barn. It's, it's your, like you may not feel that way. Um, and we could argue that. I see sentiment. it as all of ours. Right. You can argue that, but in my brain, like, so if, Let's say you and I had a falling out. I wouldn't be coming and saying, like, give me my hip sled. That's mine. You know, I'm just like, all right, cool. Like, I, I'm just done with it. Catch you later. Um, I yeah, just, I, I don't, that's how my brain works. I don't get worked up on, or I don't get tangled up in that stuff personally. Yeah. And, you know, like the same with me, like with, I mean, the squat rack and weights and everything that I bought, you know, like we're eventually going to get to a point where we've got so much equipment here. It doesn't matter. We decide to sell out, you know, we're just going to split it all five ways. I, I mean, that's just part of it. Well, and I think that it's been cool because, you know, my that same mindset that you just talked about, my grandma always told me that when I was a kid because I was wanting to do like a lawn mowing business with a friend of mine. And she always told me, you know, you can't work with friends, but you can work with somebody and become friends. And I think that's kind of how our relationship is. I mean, even though I didn't work with you at Busy Bee in the gym, we're doing work, right? Yeah. I mean, it's work. And through that work, We've established a relationship. And like Felicia said, could you imagine all of us together of this like core group? We're so different. If it hadn't have been for strongman bringing us together, together, like we probably would not have and like found each other and become friends. You see people's actual work ethic in the gym. You know, you see how people are going to act under stress and under pressure. And you can, I think you can get a better read off people like those other partners that we had. You see them in the gym, and they're, like, in there for 30 minutes on a bike and not doing shit. Or don't show up at all. Yeah, or, or they're actually, they're not in the gym at all. Yeah. So, um, it's, I don't know. I, I feel like we've been able to, like like you said, we're doing work in the gym, and we can read each other, and we know that when times get tough, we're going to push through. I well, mean, and I think there's also a little bit of the mutual respect there with all of us in the sense of we don't want to let each other down. So we kind of go out of each other's ways. Like that one time that you were like, Hey, where are you at? Are we going to go record this podcast? And I was like, Oh dude, I am so sorry. Like I didn't realize you had things going on. I didn't realize you had like meat on the smoker. And like, I felt terrible. Like I, I legit felt terrible and you ended up like working things around and it wasn't a big deal. But you know, of course, if I, I think if I did that all the time, you'd probably be like, okay, bro, like you're starting to piss me off. <laughs> yeah. But I think there's enough respect there with most of us. Like you've seen, Felicia and I go at it mm-hmm. like 
we went at it pretty hard that one day. Uh, it was like the first day I was in the gym. <laughs> and, 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 and yet here we still are. So, yeah. uh, but anyway, back, back on the conversation at hand. So people saw your father and you as like kind of controlling when you were actually kind of like, what, would it be more controlling or would it have been the driven? Uh, like did it, things change? It could or? have been a little bit of both. Okay. Um, you know, my dad has always been real authoritarian and authoritarian sounding, you know, and like, there was one night, and I know this motherfucker asked this question to trap us. So we're standing in a circle. It's There's five of us there, like, representing each. And we're just talking. You're like, um, this is before things really went south. They were kind of, like, on the edge. And, like, we were standing, and, like, we had done the rye mat and stuff for weed suppression. And the the guy... I know he asked us to trap us, and because the ground was ours, you know, the equipment was ours. Um, he's like, so next year if we do this again, are we going to do weed mat or are we going to do the same thing? Because this weeding stuff sucks. And we're like, as long as it's on our ground, we're going to continue doing the rye. You know, and we just set that standard. And I could tell at that moment that it pissed off the other three partners. And I know the guy asked that question on purpose to walk us into a corner, basically. Um, so there was little things like that that happened. There was another night where me and dad and then my ex-wife's little brother were drinking beer in the shop. We all got drunk. Um, that happened. Very, most of these conversations happened with the business drinking alcohol. <laughs> Bad idea. We, Don't say, make business decisions when you're a six pack deep. Bad idea. Not uh, only does it, it, it turn it inhibitions are lowered. A thirty minute meeting into a four hour meeting. It you say shit you don't mean. And there was he I think he kind of walked my dad into a corner too, and my dad was pissed because something had just happened. And my dad said something about I wish that we would have just taken your guys' investment and not taken your uh um, your word on things, your input on what to do and how to do things. He said that to him. And we ended up having this whole conversation. They were pissed at each other. Like, I talked him down. They hugged it out. They're like, okay, this will never be heard of again. But fuck, it wasn't. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that little motherfucker drove straight home to his parents and was like, hey, listen to what Bob had to say. And then everybody was after my dad's ass after yeah. that. So, so when, when did it kind of just the, the realization happen that, you know, your, your relationship was over? <laughs> so <laughs> what? I, I don't know these questions, man. You're, she, tu- you're turning off a red right now. <laughs> she ended up moving out. I don't remember the timeline exactly. I was a drunken, depressed mess. Um, she moved out. I want to say it was like in April of 2020. Like, COVID just started. You know, like, that was another thing that kind of threw... COVID just started. We're seeing pictures of pot bodies, like, piles of dead bodies overseas. Being like, oh, shit, this is serious. You know, um, I got exposed to COVID or something. And, like, this was, like, right towards the end of our marriage when she had moved out. And I was like, I'm not going to come over. Like, I don't want to get you guys sick. I don't want to kill somebody. You know, like, I yeah, thought it was didn't know anything about we, it, right? We had no idea, you yeah. know. Um, and so, like, I mean, 
we didn't see each other as much as we should have, but I also didn't feel like I needed to drive 15 miles to go see my wife at her parents' house to talk about our marriage. So that was happening, and I, she moved out. I knew it was going to be over. In my mind, I knew, like, I still was going to try. Um, but there was one night, Kate and Jake, <laughs> they talked me into going out. We went to Wichita, went and uh, um, hung out with a few friends from high school, went to a lake over there. We're drinking all day, went back to our buddy's house there in Wichita. We're playing beer pong in the basement. And I'm playing beer pong with this girl. And um, my buddy's girlfriend at the time took a picture of us. And um, she actually asked me the next morning, she's like, do you care if I post these? I was like, no, I don't give a shit. Like, all we did was play beer pong together. (laughs) Well, that picture, I actually went over to her parents, to my ex-wife's parents that night to go talk to her. That was the first fucking thing she brought up. She's like, what is this shit? And... She's like, uh, I was playing beer pong? (laughs) Yeah. Well, part of the reason was, like, (coughs) this girl that I was playing beer pong with, like, we'd kind of, I mean, we'd we'd dated for like a month in high school. We were friends. My ex-wife thought that she was in love with me. I I was like, hell no, she's not. Like, I, I can promise you she's, she doesn't like me that way. We're friends. Didn't matter what I said. She thought she was in love with me. And, um... Every year, well, for the last couple of years, Kate sent me that picture. He's like, here you go. Picture it ended at all. <laughs> but get a little chuckle out of it every time. So so did she file or did you file? She did. Okay. And how was that process? What was it like? Um, so she was working at an attorney's office at the time. They did it through there. It was, I don't know. It was, it was tough. You know, there was, I went in there. I think both times I was hurt. Something had happened. Um, one time I'd gotten a piece of metal in my eye. My eye was like swollen shut. Looked like I'd been in a fight. Um, she did this. No, I'm just kidding. I mean, it was pretty smooth. She paid for everything. She paid for all the attorney fees, court fees, all that shit. I didn't have to worry about it. There was another point where like we were sitting down talking about assets and liabilities, this and that. And he starts asking me about the farm, like what all assets we had on the farm. I was like, we got this and this and this, and the the attorney asked, like, assets-wise what we had, and I told him everything, and then I told him the debts, and it was like he was going to try and get some of those hmm. assets yeah. from us. Right. But once he realized how much the debt load was, it was kind of like, whoops, how much for that? Yeah. Her eyes like, got that's, pro- that's probably not going to go well. I was like, yeah, we're 50 grand in the hole, and she, her eyes got big, and... Like, I left. I ended up calling her afterwards. I was like, I have no intention to slam that debt on you. You don't have to worry about that. And she, like, thanked me because she was worried. Yeah. <laughs> um. But to me, it felt like he was trying to get some of my assets. And, like, she had already planned on paying for everything. And, like, in the middle of it, he asked me, he's like, are you good with splitting the, the attorney fees? And she hadn't asked him. To say that, he just did it on his own. And so the guy was, I don't know, it was a little sketch. I didn't even have my own lawyer. Um, but 
luckily it all worked out in the end, you know. Like, basically what she wanted was her last name back. And everything else just split, basically. I mean, she moved her shit out, like, in the middle of the night when I was fucking gone. And this was before everything was finalized. Like, I just came home from work one day and, like, half of everything was fucking gone. Didn't even know they were coming. And that was, like, a bullet to the chest. That hit hard. Um, Give it a little bit of that. Like, this is actually happening. This shit just happened. Yeah. Yeah. So did that further your, like, feelings? Depressive feelings and stuff? Oh, yeah. I mean, I was drinking full pack a night at least. You know, I would get off work, start drinking. No wonder you're looking for that that sponsorship. Yeah. It's expensive. (laughs) Spent a lot of money on Keystones. Um, but you know, I wasn't in a healthy work environment either, you know, the, you know, I, I enjoyed working at Busy Bee and I enjoyed, um, my direct boss and there was moments where like, you know, I really did enjoy like the owners and this and that, but there was other times where when shit was getting tough, you know, they would take their anger out, the owners would take their anger out on us in the shop or this and that, you know. And it was, I mean, agriculture is a tough environment to work in. There's yeah. a lot of pressure. And a lot of uncertainty because you're at the whim of Mother Nature. Yeah. You know, like, there's 30,000 30, acres worth of jobs sitting on the desk at some point. It's snowing and raining, and, you know, like, we're just backed up and backed up. There's a lot of money sitting there on that table, and I could see why they would get anxious and pissy and, you know, I... I can understand it a little bit, but you don't want to take it out on your employees. And so, you know, like, I saw that. That sucked. Um, So I was bringing that home with me. That was frustrating, and that was part of my drinking. You know, drink after the job. Go to the farm, drink some more. Yeah, just a bad, bad time. So we obviously know that you were there and maybe maybe in some ways a little bit from what you say there still are in certain instances of things of like maybe I could do a little better and you know stuff like that but what was i guess what was kind of like the turning point cuz you just kind of started showing up to the gym one day like what was when what made you kind of just say this is not for me i'm kind of done with this and even though i'm not maybe in the best mental place that like i'm not going to get better staying on staying on the track that i am you know like I went back to that high school mentality a little bit of like, oh, I've got to look good to get a girlfriend, you know, and which is completely false, you know. But I start actually, I started listening to Real AF. Okay. And, and which is Andy Frasillo's podcast for those of you that are listening that don't know. Yeah, and you know, listening to his motivation and listening to him talk about how you can't be a fat piece of shit, and <laughs> I was like, I'm a fat piece of shit. <laughs> And, you know, that started to motivate me some more. I started going to the gym. It would have been, like, not, like, full-time, full-time. I was still working at Busy Bee. It was probably July, August I remember it starting to be kind of starting to get cooler when you started to come in. Like, it wasn't during the summer months. Because during the summer months, we were working out out at the um, track at Sterling College because of Rona. So the gym wasn't really open a whole lot. So we were uh, back in the gym at that time, and that's kind of when you started to come in. Yeah, that's. I I think I had done a little bit. Yeah. 
Yeah, there were some you, when I was working at Busy Bee and it was hot. It might have been like. Well, but it was kind of here and there because you were sometimes working late or yeah, whatever. It was whenever I could make it in, yeah. but which wasn't a whole lot when you worked till 10 o'clock at night. Um, but really, it wasn't until like probably October, November of that year, like after been divorced that I started getting into it. I had started listening to Andy that's that summer, you know, and I realized, hey, I need to make a change if I'm going to really do something with my life. But um, you made that decision. I think that's the key yeah. to this is everybody seems to think that like, you know, this self-help book that tells you all this other kind of stuff that, you know, boom, that magically saves your life. But I mean, at the end of the day, you've got to that book that is not your puppeteer. You've you, got to you, want to get better. Yeah, you got to own it. Um, Good and, and the bad. And so I made that decision to change my life and been a good one. You know, like I've, we've got, I wouldn't say it's successful yet. I mean, it's successful, self-sustaining business. Um, we, I mean, I'm in probably close to the best shape I've ever been in in my life. Well, and so how, I mean, so how has that like translated into how you're doing business now? Has that changed this process changed how you're doing business now? Um, yes. You know, <laughs> like we've had multiple opportunities for partnerships and investment, this and that, and we've always said no up to this point because we and we might be saying no and we should be saying yes you know because we did get burned um but it's one of those things we're just real cautious about i think that's a good decision i mean i don't own a business but it makes sense to me yeah and i mean we're we're i mean still trying to debate on taking on investment this and that because you know i feel like we could grow not necessarily, we could grow exponentially, like if we had a few more of us, like if me or mom had two days a week where we're working full-time at the store, you know, and we're getting paid for that and working something part-time, I feel like we put in more hours, you know, we're going to get more out that of it. makes sense, yeah. You know, one thing I've also noticed, like, you know, there's, like, throughout this last year, let's say, like, there's been times where I've, like, 75 hard, you know. I push my body the absolute li limits. I mean, I didn't finish 75 hard, but, um, like I worked hard on myself, on the business, um, mentally worked like reading and I would, um, I would walk every day and, you know, like thinking about the business and this and that. And, um, just trying to think what I want the business to be, you know, and a lot of people think that that success is going to come right away. What I've kind of noticed is like we have found some success, but it's been months down the road, you know? So that work you're putting in now isn't going to, sh and it's not going to come to fruition right away. It's going to be a few months, years down the road. Um, and there's times when like I start to fall off and I'm like, damn, nothing's going our way again. But I think it's just one of those things you've got to, it's not a direct path. You know, I think it's easy to look at people like Andy Frisilla and be like, wow, they got it made and they've got all this money and they've got this and they've got that. And they've got this, you know, badass podcast room with like 14 microphones or however many that are in there, you know, with all the guests that they could have on and stuff. But, you know, he, he, I guarantee he put in the 80, 90, 100 hour weeks for God knows how long of just knowing him and, you know, his focus and what he's accomplished and what he's done that. 
that didn't come. You know, he didn't he didn't work his way into what's going to be the twenty year room by sitting on his ass. I mean, that dude's going to be in the forty year room. Yeah, <laughs> you know, he's he's not even started with where he wants to go, and he talks about that on his podcast. And you can never get complacent. And I think that's another interesting thought when you say that because for him, you know, he you hear him throw some numbers out there sometimes. Like I don't know what his true net worth is or anything like that, but you hear some numbers from time to time, and they're way more money than I will ever make in a lifetime doing what I'm doing now. I mean, he's talking about billion dollar company. Yeah, and and he and he's not done. Yeah. Like it, it, you know, to like you and I, you look at that like that's where I want to be. That's where like what I want to do or what I want to emulate. But to him, like he's like us sitting in this room with a podcast. Like it's it's small. That's small time to him. He he's not done. He's moving on to the next bigger, better thing. He wants to be better than Nike. Yeah, you know, and that's one if thing. anybody can do it, it's that dude. And I mean, that's one thing I want to try to do is like, I want to be like Andy and have that kind of a business someday. You gotta start dropping more f bombs if that's the case. Bro. Yeah, that's no shit. He, <laughs> he he does do that a lot in this podcast. <laughs> Which, you know, like people say, I don't know, like in high school, they're like, oh, cussing is a sign of being unintelligent. You know, you don't know anything else to say. You're just going to cuss. I don't believe in that. Well, I just, I just like, you know, how he just lays it out there. And it, I mean, it calls puts it an how emphasis it is. on like, he's serious about what he's saying, you know? Um, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I cuss like a sailor when I'm at work. <laughs> I I probably filter myself a little bit more on that, <coughs> which, you know, I've, there's, I've, there's business, Nate, and then there's construction, Nate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and there's podcast, Nate. And there's podcast, Nate. <laughs> you know, this is more business, Nate, than, um, at, obviously the construction, you know, like we cuss like sailors. I feel like, if you're not cussing like a sailor and addicted to nicotine there's or caffeine, there's no way you're going to make it as a construction <laughs> worker. It's it's a tough, tough business, man. It's hard on your body. Well, I just want to take a quick moment just to like let you know that I think like what you're doing is admirable. And I've told you this in person, but you know where you're at now in your mindset and in your business, even though to you it's nowhere near what you want it to be, um, just seeing your family and you and everything like you're headed in the right direction and you know you've made a decision to change and I think that that's admirable because I see a lot of that in our world right now of it's not my fault it's not my problem it's not my burden to bear or anything like that and also uh, just ownership you know, like Jocko talks about extreme ownership and then also his book dichotomy of just owning it. Uh, and I, and I respect that about you, especially, and you've, you've even done that in this podcast. So I just want to encourage you to keep doing the same thing. Um, you know, I've had to have to do some of those same things myself. Um, yep. and I've had the mental renaissances it's, recently and, and throughout my marriage and, and have had to learn those, those hard lessons. And my, my tuition payments have been in, you know, heartbreak in sometimes in my relationship with my wife and my kids of just being like, wow, you are a trash human being like fix yourself. And I definitely have some of that self healthy self-loathing. As a matter of fact, um, I spent some time with my therapist last week and actually broke down crying because I hang on to some guilt with Elijah that where he's at right now in, 
you know, he wants everything to be perfect. He wants, he has to get A's and all this other kind of stuff because I, I, I feel like, did I break him? Like I hang on to some of that guilt. And so, you know, I've had to, to look back at those things and own some of those things. And while I know all of it's not on me, but that's just me like wanting to say that even though like I take most people that are your age and put them next to you and they're probably not where you are. So I'm just trying, I just wanted to say that just to kind of encourage you that just to stay doing what you're doing because it's, it's, it's good. And the line you're walking is good. You get to a certain point and like, you see that in people, you know, you see that in your friends and it's frustrating because you feel like, damn man, you could you could do so much more. <laughs> Andy talks about that. And, and Andy talks about like, you know, help your friends, help them to like, try to see the light. But at some point They've you, you might have to say like, peace out, homie. That doesn't mean like you're not my friend anymore. Yeah. But you know, like if, if there, it, let's say for instance, your friend wants you to drink a six pack every night. Like I can still be your friend and not drink a six pack every night. Yeah. You, you know, that kind of thing. You don't have alcohol involved to have a good time it, and be friends. And it doesn't just matter just alcohol, but just anything. Yeah. Spending money or. Even eating like stupid bullshit, you know, yeah. like you can sit there, you can go bowling and not drink a pitcher of beer. You know, you can. You don't have to have those negative things in your life to have fun, you know, and and they're not all negative. Some, they do have a stigma of alcohol is just the devil or, you know, like, I, I don't feel that way. I still have a good time with my friends. I still drink. Um, I still eat bad food when I'm not cutting weight, <laughs> <laughs> which I'm going to make weight, by the way, so. Yeah, what are you down to right now, by 224 this morning. And what were you last time, like two almost 240? 240 when I got back from vacation <laughs> from Florida, which was the... Which would have been Ted's podcast, wouldn't it? Or was that the to the point? Okay. It was the to the point. Uh, when did I get back from vacation? Probably like the 25th or 26th of January, so three weeks. So we're almost in a month yeah. that you've lost how much? 16 pounds. Wow. <laughs> I mean, I guess that's that's decently healthy weight. But it's here, not... I'll, I'll show you this, this picture. I wish everybody else could see it too. <laughs> but... Like, I've got a picture of me just bloated as fuck from when I'm down in Florida. I'd been, I mean. Was me, that the one you posted on your Instagram? Mm-mm. That was from a year ago. Oh, okay. This one is from. Oh, wow. Look how bloated. And your sunburn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, straight up beer belly. Like, <laughs> I just, I felt disgusting, like, when I was down there and. Vinny said the same thing. He's like, dude, I was just gross. Like, we were eating nothing good, <laughs> drinking alcohol from noon until 9 o'clock at night. I mean, we were just... I mean, we had a good time, but I just felt disgusting. Yeah. I lost 10 pounds the week, the first week I got back. <laughs> just because sweating out all the tequila and the alcohol weight, it was gone. But then these... Well, that and you work hard for a living. I mean, that certainly helps. Yeah. It, it might have been like two days and that 10 pounds was gone. <laughs> As your body was like, whoo, I'm glad that's over. <laughs> yeah. Felt like you could have popped my stomach with a needle and just... <laughs> shit would have started squirting out. Just... Yeah, I was... It was a good time in Florida, but man, it was it was bad on the body. Well, so do you... Uh... <clears throat> Have any like final thoughts or anything else that uh, came to mind? Or, I mean, well, how was that liberating? I mean, I know you were nervous coming in here, but I was nervous, and you know, I feel like everybody 
for the most part that I mean, most of my friends have heard this story, you know, I've been drunk around a campfire and shared this multiple times. Um you know, I've got lots of funny stories about it. I'm sure you guys will hear one that just kind of popped into my head just now. Um, <laughs> so this was like we were divorced, signed the papers. Um, I was in the process of buying my house that I'm not living in that I'm still working on. That's because Felicia has you too busy working on stuff in the gym to work on the house. Yeah, well... um me and my buddies were at my house. We're drinking, having a good time, crying about my stupid divorce. <laughs> <laughs> I was crying, maybe, I don't know. Well, um, at this point, like, she had gotten mostly everything, but there's some decoration stuff she didn't get. They were these signs from her bridal shower. So they all had personal notes to her on them. I had said multiple times, I was like, do you want these? She's like, yeah. I was like, come get them. Like, I'm tired of looking at these sons of bitches. And they're <laughs> yeah. sitting in the hallway. And they're like a constant everyday reminder Every when you walk by them. Everyday fucking reminder. Yeah. And so I saw them sitting there. I was like, you know what? Fuck it. And I grabbed them and we threw them in the fire. <laughs> and I put that shit on my Snapchat. <laughs> I said, fuck the past. Here's the future. <laughs> and I didn't have her on Snapchat, but I still had her brother and her mom on my Snapchat. Oops. And one of them showed her. Um, I didn't get a phone call from her. I was literally like getting ready to walk into this house and sign closing papers on my house. I get a phone call and it was her dad. I was like, no fuck, what's going on? It's a business deal, I answer. And he's like, Nate. I need you to quit posting on your social media. I'm tired of uh, my daughter coming home and crying about this stuff. This and that, yada, yada, you know, like. It's done and it's over with. Tell your daughter to buck up. <laughs> it was like legitimately, he's like, I'm going to lose a lot of respect for you as a man if you keep doing this kind of stuff. Can't even lose any more than I already have for myself. <laughs> no shit. <laughs> but I mean, I was like, okay, like I'll stop. Instantly went and blocked every single one of her family members on all social media. <laughs> I was like, I'm not going to really stop posting. Like, I still, I post on my social media all the time. I, I enjoy it. I, I don't know. It was never, that might have been a moment of, hey, fuck you. But um, looking back, probably shouldn't have done that. Um, but it happened. But I was so pissed after that phone call. Like, I'm. I'm signing the paperwork for my house, shaking <laughs> mad. Oh, I was pissed. I was fired up. I called Cade right afterwards. He's like, well, you were a lot better man than me because I would have told that guy to fuck right on off. <laughs> um, yeah, say that those those papers are signed and like, like, yeah, peace out, man. Like, it's done. It's over with. Yeah, if you don't like it, quit looking at it. Yeah, for sure. Um, and she didn't look at it. It was the thing that pissed me off the most was like, Someone in her family had to have shown her that and, like, made her feel like shit by showing her that. Yeah, they, like, could, they could have filtered that by never even mentioning it existed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah makes sense. That was a... Whoo! <laughs> <laughs> still gets me a little fired up thinking about that shit. Um, I don't know, man. I just... 
there was good things that came out of it. Obviously, you know, like I took it and I learned from it. I, uh, um, still things I'm working on, you know, I haven't really, I've been on a couple dates, you know, but I'm still, I'm actually thinking about going on a date with someone soon. Sweet. So we'll, we'll see what happens. Well, I, um, I thought it was interesting. Uh, so the people that are listening, one of our jokes that we always have between, <clears throat> you know, and I'm not nearly as close to like Jansen and Wyatt and all them as you are, but one of the jokes we always have is, uh, if we see, you know, a lady or something that's not bad looking or whatever, we always joke with Nate of like, Hey, there you go. There's the future Mrs. X or uh, future ex Mrs. Hyatt right there. That's yeah. kind of our running joke with you. Oh, all my friends are like, Hey Nate, why don't you go buy that girl a drink and, uh, Ask her to be your future ex. Like, Fuck you. <laughs> I've almost done it a couple of times. I actually lost a, a bet and was supposed to and chickened out. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, that's a constant running joke is who's going to be Nate's next ex. <laughs> so how do you, I guess, uh, in kind of closing, to just take all of this and ball it up and put it together, how do you feel, like, do you feel that pain has been something that was like a stepping stone or do you feel it's something that's maybe still like dragging you on you down or anything or how do you how do you how does this whole thing feel to you overall um i think it's a stepping stone and it's motivation really like for the business and personally you know like i'm set to prove them wrong on everything they thought about me um those partners told us like, you can't make any money in the hemp industry. And I'm going to show them fuckers that you can. Um, that we will and we are going to be successful at it. Um, you know, there's still, like, they drive by this place almost every day, some of them. And I just... Hey, we're still here. I can't help but smile every time <laughs> I think about we're it. We're still here. We're still thriving. Well, we're doing something. Well, we're you're thriving. growing. I mean... Uh, listening to you and what you talk about and you're growing yeah you know like i'm just gonna be my best me and you know i just challenge everybody else to be your best you Mm -hmm. you know the quickest way to being unhappy is trying to make everybody else happy like i'm just gonna do me i can't wear myself thin like i used to you know i try my best to make it to everything but i may not like about to go be late to a super bowl party but i don't give a fuck i ain't gonna you know, if I miss 30 minutes of it, you know, I'm still going to see my friends. We're still going to talk. You about can't blame it. me this time. No, I'm not. I, I, <laughs> not my fault. Like, I don't care. You know, like, I'm not going to. I made this decision this morning, actually. You know, like, I'm not going to kill myself to make everybody else happy. And I'm not going to stress myself out. You know, I, it's not something that I'm perfect at. Obviously, I'm still going to get stressed and anxious about shit. I'm, I'm human. Um, But. That's why I felt bad about the tools the other day when you were like, I could tell you were like, dude, I just want to go home after the gym and like chill. And you were trying to figure that out. That's why I felt bad about that. You know, like, cause I know that you are, you know, you do have a million irons in the fire. It is what it is. We'll get it figured out. But like, I'm so glad that job's done and I got that leg press and all that. And and I'm done with that. Oh gosh. You know, know, that's one thing I'm really trying to do is just like check things off of my list, you know? Um, like this job I'm wearing first and I'm really, really trying to get it done. And it's just roadblock after roadblock for me. Like, 
fuck. <laughs> I've got to drive to McPherson again. Damn it. My trowel is gone. That's what I was going to do today. And then no hardware stores are open. Um, so that ruined my morning this morning. But, you know, I did my best not to let it ruin my day. And it's all about the choice you make in your head if it's going to be a good day or not. You know, like, I, I can't remember who it was. I saw a quote today, and it's like, your Monday doesn't suck. Your job doesn't suck. Your mindset fucking sucks. Yep, amen. Um, It's all about your mindset. And if you set your mindset that you're going to be better, and you're going to be your best self, and that you're going to make the people around you better, you're going to do it. So just challenge everybody to be your best self. And if you're thinking about doing something like going to the gym or starting a diet or joining a jujitsu class or whatever it may be, reading a book, just freaking do it. There's never a good time. There is never a good time. Don't plan it out. Just drop everything you're doing because most likely what you're doing Instead of that, is you're scrolling on social media or something, you know, just do it. Yeah, I mean, when you're investing in yourself, it's not a business decision like you would with a business. Like when you're investing in a business, you're doing all this planning and all this paperwork and all this contracting and all this running the numbers. But when it comes to yourself, it's not that way. It's a like I just have to put one foot in front of the other and get it started. Like yep. I just have to get that ball rolling and get moving on it. Yep. Um, and there was something else I was going to segue in there, but I can't remember what it was now. Um. Oh, I remember now. So you were talking about how you weren't going to let it ruin your day and stuff. And that's that's very much what, you know, Socrates, Epictetus, Marcus Aurelius, they kind of, uh, all the Stoics in general just uh, subscribe to is, I can't, if I can't control it, I'm not going to worry about it. You know, there's a lot of things in this world, and, and, and I'm guilty of that. And so were they. You know, Everybody they were broken. Is. They were broken as well. Yeah. Um, But I think it's interesting because I was actually telling Felicia, the more I find in my life that, there are roadblocks on things like, for instance, the trowel. When there are road, roadblocks that are thrown up, uh, I used to get angry about that stuff. I'd be like, "Like, are you effing kidding me?" And then I would be going to the the every store I could to try to find one, and then not find one, which would then would make me angrier. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, I use I'm going to use the foam that we got for the flooring in the gym as an example. Remember how like you were hitting that all hot and hot and heavy, right? You were like. I found this, I found that, and it's this square foot, and I could go get it here, and we could cut it this way and all that, and how it just never really kind of worked out. Um, It's always weird to me how if the roadblocks are being thrown up and I just kind of go, okay, like there's a reason for this. I may not like it and all this other good stuff, and it may not be pleasant, and again, I still struggle with that, but like I was telling Felicia, I'm like, it's cool like how God provided that for us. Like he knew that was going to happen. Like he knew like that we were going to have the ability to take all that foam off that floor and be able to put it in the gym as well as like the mirrors. Like, I don't think we ever even talked about mirrors, but if you go to every gym has mirrors yeah, and you know, that just worked out. And so it's, it's, it's a good mindset to have. And I think it also starts to show your maturity and I've got a lot of maturing to do in that, but, um, which we all do. If, I mean, we're never perfect when it comes to that. Nobody, yeah. we're all human, you know, we're going to have those roadblocks and we're gonna i was pissed this morning but i was like you know what like i've got a list of shit i need to get done i'm gonna go mark something else off my list and i went and got the washer and dryer from our flip house and got my old ones out moved it in i called up nelson say hey i need your help for an hour 
and it was right at an hour from when I picked him up to when I dropped him <laughs> off. I don't. It never works out as playing like that, but um, just marked another thing off my list, you know. Well, and who knows? Like for me, I always look at that of like just I'll just use. I don't know if this is actually happening, but just to use it as an example. If how do you know that like Nelson wasn't maybe struggling with some thoughts of the same things like you struggle with? Like just as an example, I'm not saying you are Nelson. Just throwing that out there. Um, that you like calling him like helped him out that day and helped him with that. Like yeah. you, you never know when stuff like that starts to pan out of you listen to something else because there's like a bigger plan that's maybe a little bit bigger than you. Yeah. <clears throat> yep. Same thing with, you know, your, your divorce and your relationship. Maybe there's a bigger plan of, you know, now you're on the path to be who you need to be and who you've always, you know, intended and needed to be. You're going to find me a badass woman. <laughs> That is going to keep me in line. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely think you need to find somebody that's driven like you for sure. We're going to be a power couple. That's not, yeah, that's not, <laughs> that's not uh, a stranger to being pushed. Yeah. You know, somebody that's got like the, um, somebody that's got like the drive, like Melissa, you know, somebody like that, mm-hmm. that uh, has that ability to, you know, that, that is not only going to not mind being pushed, but also can maybe do some of the pushing as well. Is somebody like that. This, this girl that I've kind of, kind of been talking to, she, she kind of gives me that, like, don't quit vibe she's got. So take her to the gym and see how it goes. Yeah. <laughs> That's what you need to do. She she actually goes to the gym here in town. And uh, good. Actually, just right up the street here. Okay. Remember, we're not name dropping. Nope. No <laughs> name drops. Because nothing's even official with this girl yet. So, like, I don't even know if we're going to go on a date. She may shoot me down. <laughs> Say, fuck you. You're a piece of shit. <laughs> I heard your podcast. There's no way. <laughs> yeah. It's like, this guy's crazy. Shit. <sighs> well, I think it's lap it up so you can get to your Super Bowl party. And I've actually got uh, Sunday dinner tonight. So, I mean, I've, I've got more time than you do. I don't have to be there for another hour and four minutes. But yeah. um, do you want to do the outro? Sure. You... All right. Yep. Well, guys, uh, thanks for listening to the Higher Points podcast. Um, go ahead and like our Instagram, Facebook um at the higher points you know give us a review you know those really help um with the growth of our podcast um reach out to us on social media ask us a question you know let us know what you think about it we we love hearing that stuff you know if we helped you if we pissed you off let us know you know we'll have a conversation about it like we've talked about you know we want to have those tough conversations um we just uh just thanks for listening and um we'll catch you next time yeah just to kind of give you guys a little bit of a preview the next full-length podcast will be Derek Plotz which is my former chief of police and he's also a former under sheriff kind of has some interesting uh views on life and I've learned a lot of really great leadership lessons from him and I also want to kind of pick his brain on some stuff when he gets here so we've kind of been spending a lot of time, I guess, really on like mental health and stuff like that and relationships. Um, so I thought it'd be kind of cool to get maybe back a little bit to the leadership side of things, which isn't to say that that's all this podcast is about. We just kind of take guesses. We get them like we don't necessarily have, you know, a lot of podcasts have like a style of this is the only thing we talk about or we only talk about this one subject. But Nate and I have always been of the mindset that we're just going to have conversations with people. We don't really care how it goes or where it goes of, you know, everybody has something to bring to the table, regardless of where they work, how they work, etc. We might have a mental health professional come in and we talk about 
Lord of the Rings the whole time. We don't care, you know. <laughs> no, that would be Jansen's girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> or fiance now, sorry. Yeah. You know, that that would be the one that you do that. Yeah. Or, you know, or we still keep we still need to get with Nelson and legit do like D and D in here and yeah. that's what we need to do. That would be fun. That would be a fun little Nobody one. would listen, but that would be fun. <laughs> there might be a couple. We might get some chuckles because we like well, Nelson never wants to be DM again. <laughs> uh, I can see that going really bad. Yep. So again, thanks everybody. Appreciate you spending the time with us. Um, you know, and we've been getting feedback lately from people that have been listening and it means more than you know. We were actually talking about it before we pushed record on this podcast and we're just really gra- glad to be here. We're really glad that you're listening and you know, if we can help you and, and it is helping you, we are truly humbled by this experience and we're just humbled that you're taking the finite time that you have in your day to be here with us and we appreciate it we'll catch up with you guys next time have a great one